Amen. You can be seated. So Advent, we've talked a lot about how Advent is a season of remembering that God has come to us, that He's with us, that He's with us in our real pain, that He's with us in our real hurts, in our grief. He's with us in our addictions. He's with us in our struggles. Um, and sometimes, though, we remember that all is not as it should be, right? Like, if God was fully with us as promised uh, in our scriptures, as promised by Jesus in His return, when He is fully with us, all wrong things will be made right. All death will be no more. All pain will be eliminated. Every tear will be wiped away. The dwelling of God will fully be with humanity and all will be well. There will be shalom. There will be wholeness and wellness. So Advent is not only a season of where we remember that God is with us in a really powerful way and that we can take comfort in that, but it's also a season of longing and expectation, recognizing that like not all is well, that we have hope and even present comfort, but... <clears throat> We long for Jesus to come back and for things to be restored, especially, you know, this year, right? Uh, in our community, we've experienced a lot. We've been in existence as an extended family, growing as an extended family, on mission. And in uh, this year, not even a year, uh, we've lost two very special people. From one family, and uh, it hurts, and we, in a very real way, recognize that all is not as it should be, and I think we find ourselves longing for the fullness of Advent, longing for that second coming, longing for that time when we will be reunited, and all things will be restored, and Aline, and Lola, and uh, all those that we've lost. We will share in life together and we will share in the life of God. That's the, the end, the goal of the gospel, right? To share in the life of God forever. And so, as I was just praying about, man, how do we frame this? And especially you uh, kids, I want you to look carefully because I think we've experienced a lot and you guys have experienced a lot in the last year. And so I wanted to talk a little bit about life and death, something you're very familiar with. Um, but the scientific definition, right, of death is really the cessation of, of vital functions, right, which means we stop, our heart stops beating, our lungs stop breathing, our brain stops thinking, and we cease to be alive. The God defines death as separation. You could use it in one word, separation. Separation from um, the spirit from the body. So that, like I talked about just a little while ago uh, at Lola's service, that when Lola died, 
Her, she stopped breathing. Her heart stopped beating. Her body stopped working. But her spirit is with Jesus. Her spirit is in the love and the peace and the comfort and the joy and the fullness. She's reunited with her Savior and her Creator. And some lives live are lived a long, long, full life. And that was with Lola. So Lola, if we talk about balloons, all right, so some people's lives, God who says forms us in our mother's womb and he breathes life into us and we're given a spirit, all right? So God creates us. He breathes life into us. And it's beautiful, right? And it brings joy just like this balloon, right? And it brings color to the world. And some lives are lived a long life and they bring a beauty and we get to experience them. But we, we get to some, but we see with some lives, they, they're lived a long time, but we see them, we start to see signs that they are beginning to fade, right? That they slowly begin to diminish. And this is how it was with Lola, right? Lola lived a long life, over 80 years, over 85 years, 87. And we began to see her kind of get slower, began to see her. Um, get be in the hospital several times, right? And so we began to think, maybe Lola, she's growing older, right? She's she'll she may die soon. And then she was in your home, right? She was in the hospital. She had that stroke, and she was in the house. And we saw her. You know, she didn't talk very much, but you still had time to say, be with her and see her, and you had time to prepare, right? And so you began to see. Just her fade, her fade, her fade, and then, you know, she she was gone, right? And so when a life like that, you're able to have, you say your goodbyes, right? You're able to prepare for it. It's not a surprise. So some people, lives are like that. And then others, right? God breathes life into them. And you're with them, and it's beautiful, and you love them, and but it's much more sudden, right? It's much more sudden. Yeah, sorry. It's much more sudden and unexpected, and you didn't have time to prepare, right? You didn't have time. Their life went like that. And that's painful. It's like almost, I decided not to pop the balloon. But the pop is intense, it's loud, it's jarring, it scares us. And maybe that's, that's more like um, your mom and Isaac and Jacob and Adriana and Brianna. You're, you're both your moms, right? It was sudden and it happened quickly and it was loud and abrupt and, and all of a sudden she wasn't there. And you didn't feel like you had time to say goodbye and you didn't have time to spend with her like you thought you would and it was unexpected. And that's painful. Both are painful, right? Both hurt. And so I think our lives are like that. We're not, we don't know how long we have. Some people live a long, full life and we're ready and prepared for their death and others, they're gone 
like that. But I want to, like I said, our life, thank you, our life is not just our bodies. And just as the air went from these balloons, here's the promise and here's part of our hope as followers of Jesus, that our spirits, our souls, they don't float away and are lost, but they're gathered together in the loving arms of God. So I want you to hear this, that both, that those that you love, as followers of Jesus, they're in the loving arms of God. And like I said this afternoon, that's, it still hurts because we miss them, right? It's separation from us. But know that they're with God. But this isn't our only hope, okay? And I'm going to try this. Because it's the first part of our hope, all right? That you can know that your mom and your grandma is happier than they ever that we can ever imagine right now. They're experiencing the full joy of being with God and there's no pain and there's no suffering. Um, But that's not even the best of it because the full Christian hope is that they will actually be resurrected. The Bible says that um, Jesus, if I do this right, Jesus is the first fruit of resurrection. That when he rose from the dead, he was the first one to be raised from the dead. And all that believe and follow him will follow in his resurrection. So that heaven is not a bunch of souls floating up in the air, stroking harps, laying on clouds, right? But we are, we are spirits with the Spirit of God, and then we will be reunited, resurrected in our bodies, in bodies that, that are similar and different, than what we have now. We don't know what exactly it will be, but we'll be resurrected and live life with God. Let's see. Uh Uh-oh. Please work. i got to do this the right way. Oh, there we go. Yeah. God will once again breathe life into our bodies, and we will have a physical existence in a physical world full of hope and love and joy re united with those that we love. And it will be different, but the same. We will have bodies, but they'll be different. It'll be a little bit like Jesus' body. Well, how did Jesus, when he rose from the dead, he was a man like us, but then he rose from the dead, and there's a bunch of disciples in a room, and how does Jesus show up? Does he use the door? He doesn't, I don't know if he floated. Maybe he floated, but he went through the wall, Right? So they'll be the same, but it'll be different. That God is going to, we will be resurrected. Lola will be resurrected. Aline will be resurrected. Those who have followed Jesus will be resurrected. I shouldn't have tried to. There we go. Oh, nice. I'm figuring it out. God will breathe new life into us. And we will get to be with them forever, in new bodies, sharing a new life. Hold on. Um. God will not have this much trouble. And we will rise from the dead. (laughs) All right. 
So, <laughs> that's Lola. <laughs> oh, that's Aline? Okay, yeah, yeah, that's Aline. All right. So I want to talk to you. Didn't put enough helium. But here's the deal. I hope that begins to help, all right? This is really difficult stuff. But our hope is, just like the video said, right? Our hope is in what God has done. And what God has done in raising Jesus from the dead gives us hope for what God will do when we will be risen from the dead. All that God, all those who have followed Jesus and placed their trust in his death and resurrection will rise from the dead. And that's the future of your loved ones. But we fear death, right? We fear death. It's something that preoccupies most people's lives and minds, right? Like we are afraid to die. I think most of the human experience is trying to avoid death, right? Uh, C.S. Lewis once was asked, he, he was a guy that lived in World War II during this, this, this huge war, and someone asked him, what if, what would he do, and what would the last thought be in his mind if he saw the atomic bomb drop down on London right over his head, what would be the last thought on his brain? And he said, this is what I would say, bomb, he would address the bomb, say bomb, and he'd stick out his tongue, right? He'd stick out his tongue at the bomb, he says, bomb, you are only a bomb, and I am a spirit. You can kill my body, but I will be safe with Jesus. That's what he said. So even though death makes us sad, we don't have to be afraid of death. And I want you to hear, it's okay to be sad about the death that you've experienced. Let yourself cry. Let yourself, it's okay to think about it. It's okay to be sad even for a long time. And some of you will be sad in different ways. Some of you will be sad by crying a lot and often. Some of you will be sad by being quiet or wanting to be alone. Some of you will be sad by wanting to be with people a lot. It's okay to be sad, and you will experience it differently. All right? But I want to say we don't have to be afraid. We can be sad, but we don't have to be afraid of death. Um. What are some of the things we might fear about death? Why do people fear death, do you think? Maybe it's the process of dying, right? The pain that might be involved. The process that you might get sick and you might experience pain. And we we are afraid of that. Um, You might, like Lola, you know, she couldn't communicate in the the last couple weeks. And that was really hard. Same with with Aline. So maybe we fear the process. Maybe we fear the separation from what we know, right? To what we don't know. I mean, that's scary, right? Even though we can really have strong faith and believe, hey, there's something out there. I'm going to be resurrected. But it's still something we don't understand or know. And, and we know this, even though we know there's lots of pain in this world. We can fear what we don't know. Another thing we might fear is is judgment, right? Did we do enough? Did we, were we good enough? Did we do the right things? 
Um, a poet said, of all the fears that trouble the heart of man, none is greater than the fear of death. Now, this is really, I think, at the core of our fears. Like, why are you afraid when you're on a roller coaster? Like, I mean, probably because you're like, I could die. <laughs> like, right? Or if you're going to, I mean, at its core, you might be like, I don't like heights or, or whatever, but at its core, like, I could die. And so we're afraid. And so how do we attempt to f- deal with death? There's a lot of different ways we might attempt to deal with it. Um, some people just try to avoid it. They don't think about it. They don't let others think about it. They don't talk about it. They don't want others to talk about it. Something like this would be very uncomfortable for people, right? I'm talking about death specifically. And so they want to avoid it, and they don't want to think about it. There's the pop psychology approach, which says, accept it. It's natural. Don't rage against it. Don't fight it. It's just what it is. Everyone dies. It's part of the cycle of life. Just roll with it. All right? Then there's the approach to like rage against it. Like just be consumed by it. Think about it and just dwell on it and let it paralyze you. And you're so afraid of death, you won't go outside the door. Or you inhibit other people's ability to go and live and, and be. And you don't experience life because you're just raging against this idea of death and you're so afraid of it that you want to avoid it and it consumes your life and your mind. Others say, well, technology is going to save us from death. There's a guy, I think in Arizona, who had himself frozen. I don't know if he actually died or he like just had himself frozen alive. It seemed like it would work only if you were frozen alive. I don't know how it works. But he's frozen. He spent millions and millions of dollars. He's a rich dude. And he's hoping that technology will catch up. And there's instructions like when technology like, can keep me alive forever or longer, then unthaw me and hook me up to whatever that is. So that's his, that's his hope. But we, we, we'll put our faith in technology. I want to submit to you that you don't have to be afraid of death, that Jesus Christ, this is what we believe, this is what followers of Jesus believe, that Jesus Christ took on death and won, that Jesus took on death and absorbed all its strength, and death has no more strength over us. Um, And so, with that, he sapped death of its power, robbed Satan of his strength, and he frees us from fear. That's the Christian hope. Let me show you this. Oh, hey, I had that up there. Look at that. You could have taken notes. (laughs) Hebrews 2, 14 through 18. The author says, Since the children, the children of God, have flesh and blood, that's us, pinch yourself, pinch yourself, you got flesh, don't pinch yourself so hard that you see blood, but it's under there, you know it. Since the children have flesh and blood, he too shared in their humanity. Who's he? Who too shared? Yes, Jesus shared in our humanity so that by his death, he might break the power of him who holds the power of death, that is, the devil. No, he destroyed the devil. And free those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. For this reason, oh, sorry, for surely it is not angels he helps, but Abraham's descendants. For this reason he had to be made like them, fully human, 
in every way, in order that he might become merciful and faithful, a high priest in service to God, that he make a, might make atonement for the sins of the people. Because he himself suffered when he was tempted, uh, he is able to help those who are being tempted. So what is this saying? This is the logic of this passage, okay? Here's our condition, that Satan's tool and his only weapon against us is really to tempt us with sin. Sin enters the world with a fall, right? And so he has this weapon. And sin, we're told, brings about death. And death brings about fear. And fear leads to slavery, bondage to the fear of death. This is the human condition. We are slaves to the fear of death. And we are deathly afraid of death because we have all sinned, right? And so the power of Satan is to hold sin over our head, to threaten us with death, and to be fearful of that. And so we are slaves to that. This is our Advent hope. This is what this passage says in verse 14. All right, this is the first point. Jesus, by his death and by coming like us and dying, the first thing he does is he disarms the devil by destroying the power of death. All right, I'm going to go back here. Since the children have flesh and blood, he too shared in their humanity so that by his death he might break the power of him who holds the power of death, that is, the devil. So what he does is when, like I said this afternoon, he, when he, like death, have you ever seen someone just like, I don't know, if you can imagine someone just trying to beat the tar out of something. Let's not say another human being. But just like, and, and they won't fall. They won't fall. They won't fall. And, and you just keep punching and punching and punching and beating the snot out of something until you can't do it anymore. And you do it until all your strength is exhausted. That's what Jesus did to death. Like death put all of its force and weight and power into killing Jesus, God's son, And when he killed Jesus, there was nothing left. He dropped dead. Dead, dropped, dead. The power of death was over. And so with that, he destroys the hold, the threat of death. That's all that Satan has, right? He's like, we're slaves to death. And if I say, death can't kill me, um, I'm not afraid of death, then what does he have? He doesn't have anything. And so by Jesus' death, he saps death of its power. He sucks it out of them. Second, he rescues us, therefore, from slavery, from the fear of death. We don't have to fear death. So he disarms the devil. He takes uh, the tool of devil. And actually, we know that by dying, he deals with sin, which is the weapon of Satan, right? So if he was beating Jesus with a bat and that bat was sin and, you know, broke the bat and he disarmed himself and the devil has no more weapons against us, sin is powerless because Jesus dealt with sin and therefore he reduces Satan's power and he rescues us from slavery and from the fear of death. We don't have to be afraid. So it looks like this. Paul says he mocks death. 
He says in Corinthians 15, he says, O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin, remember? But if Jesus dealt with it, there's no sting. The power of sin is the law. Jesus fulfilled the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus defeats, takes care of sin, defeats Satan, and gives us the victory. So there is no threat in death. So this is what it looks like. Boom to this. Jesus deals with sin through his death, takes away the fear of death, and instead of slavery, we have freedom. Freedom from the fear of death, which leads to a joyful life both now and forever with God. Right? So he has taken away the power of Satan in sin and the fear of death, which held us in slavery. And because of Jesus, because of his cross, because of his life in death and resurrection, we have freedom from fear. And we can live a life not preoccupied by death, but preoccupied with life. I was talking to someone um, before the funeral, um, and he said he told someone that a bunch, he told them that Mike Platt had moved into the international district. And the guy said, is he crazy? Like he couldn't believe it. Like he's like, why would anyone ever do that? And he probably wondered a lot else about Mike's life. Like why would you have this home and why would you choose to retire as a colonel in this neighborhood and be a teacher after all this year at Highland? Why would you do that? And this guy that I was talking to, he said, it's just crazy. Like he couldn't comprehend it. And it's just a different world view, right? It's a different world view. Because when if Jesus takes care of sin and death, he removes the fear of death and the power of sin. And we have freedom from that fear. And we can live a joyful life of life. And we want to bring life even to dark situations, even at great risk to ourselves. right? We want to bring life. We want to be people of life. And so we sometimes make stupid decisions that seem stupid to the world, but are motivated by freedom from fear and motivated by life and joy and wanting to extend that to others. That's the power of the gospel. And so there's two phases, like I said already, with the balloons. I just want to re-emphasize this, that the Christian hope is first that we, those who trust in Jesus, are safe in the arms of God at the moment of death. Our spirits, our souls, we don't know what this looks like. We don't know how this looks. We don't know what people are experiencing right now. There's different ideas and theories on that. But what we do know is that we are safe, we are loved, we are enjoyed and enjoying the presence of God. We do know that the final hope and the ultimate hope is resurrection. Resurrection, a bodily resurrection, and that we as body and spirit will be with God in a new creation that is beautiful. That's the Christian hope. That's what we believe. So, let me rehearse this. I said, we attempt to deal with death by either avoiding it through the pop psychology route, just accept it, 
you know, roll with it. It's natural. We just end and dissolve into the universe. We can rage against it and be consumed by it to the point of despair. We can put all of our faith in technology that it will save us. Or we can trust in Jesus. We can trust in Jesus. There will be a resurrection. And that was and is Pauline's hope. That was and is Lola's hope. And that is our hope. That we will rise and be with Jesus and be with one another. Josh, your mom as well, right? We will be with them together, loving one another, being loved by God, and continuing to live in a beautiful world as God intended it to be. That is our hope. And that is why we grieve. It says in 1 Thessalonians 4 that as Christians we grieve, but not as those without hope. So grieve. Let yourself feel it. Like I said, it's okay to cry. It's okay to hurt. But we don't grieve as those without hope. We grieve as people with hope. Hope of resurrection. Hope of life beyond life. And we live on mission with God because we believe that there is more life even now to be had through the Spirit of God. So I just invite you, everyone, kids, all of us, your hope is to trust in Jesus. Like I said this afternoon, Lola was a trailblazer. She blazed the trail in the, the medical field. She blazed the trail across the ocean into the United States, bringing her five children with her to experience a better life. And she blazes the trail for us today, going ahead of us through death into the next life. And the way she did this was through faith. So will we have faith in Jesus? Um, And he will take away the fear of death, which is his only weapon against us. Let me pray. Lord, just pray that you would um, give us the gift of faith, Lord. Some of us have faith in you, but it feels weak. And it feels like we're, we're doubting and we see this, this, this death and we don't understand it. Um, we've experienced too many popping balloons I just pray that you would resurrect their hope and resurrect their faith, that you love them and are with them. Some of us have never placed our faith in you, and I just pray that you would give them the gift of faith, Lord. They would take the step of trust and have this freedom from fear and the hope of eternal life with you. I pray that you give us all courage to be people that bring life. That we're not afraid. We can walk right up into death and not be afraid because we know you are with us. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to sing a couple more Christmas songs remembering our Advent hope that Jesus is with us. Come to save us. Come to show us God's love. So let's do that together.
stars are brightly shining.